How's everybody feeling this morning? Are y'all cold this morning? I thought this was summer in New England. We, we put all of our winter clothes away like two weeks ago. I'm like, where's my coats? Where's the jackets? Hey, I'm just glad you're here today. Turn to your neighbor and say, welcome to church. Turn to your other neighbor and say, welcome home. Hey, and I want to invite uh, or welcome all of our guests as well. If I haven't met you, my name's Josh, and my wife, Stephanie, and I have the opportunity to lead this amazing church. And we're stoked you would come and hang out with us today. Hey, and for all of my friends online, it's much better in the house than being away from the house. We want to invite you to come and be with us. Something special happening right here. Would you make some noise for all of our friends watching around the world? Something special about being together. And we're going to look at John chapter 14. If you want to get your notebook out or your smartphone or maybe you just want to listen, we're going to put the scriptures on the screen. Today we're closing out a series called I Am. And we've been talking about the statement that Jesus makes here in the scripture where he says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And so we've been looking over the last couple of weeks, and today I want to finish that, and then next week we're going to begin a brand new series. John chapter 14 out of the NLT says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There's more than enough room in my father's home, for if this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to play, prepare a place for you? Verse 3 says, When everything's ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know the way to where I'm going. No, we don't, Lord, said Thomas. We have no idea where you're going. So how can we know the way? Here it is. Jesus told him, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. For the last three weeks, and again concluding today, we're talking about Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. I think it would be good for us in, in our daily lives to talk more about Jesus. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm convicted in this season. I've shared this with you. You know, not just say, we pray in your son's name. You ever pray for somebody and that's how they end? We pray for you in your son's name. No, he has a name. The power is actually in the name. Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. And so we've been talking about the name of Jesus. We've been talking about the authority in Jesus. But we've been recently talking about the statement that he made at the Last Supper to his disciples when he said, I am. In the week one, we talked about how powerful of a statement that is because he's saying, I am God. And for three and a half years, several of them have figured it out. Several of them are still scratching their heads saying, I think he could be the Messiah, but I don't know. And then others were saying, he ain't, he's not, that ain't him. You heard him in the, in the, in the stories that says, what good could come from Nazareth? Isn't that just, isn't that Joseph's boy? Like there was a lot of skepticism around, man, uh, he, he could be, but maybe he's not. And here in this moment of this meal, he delivers it and says, oh, oh guys, I am. In this moment, their, their eyes are open spiritually to realize, wait a second, we've been walking with the Son of God for this whole time. He is Jesus. And in week two, we talked about him declaring, I am the way. And you can go back and watch it, but I, I, I talked about how the world has many ways to God. You ever meet people and you say, hey, do you know Jesus? They say, well, I, I'm, I'm not really religious. But I believe there is a way, and then they give you their way. You can talk to 10, 25, 300 people, and they'd all give you their own interpretation of how to get to God or how to attain enlightenment or how to attain joy or freedom or truth. 
The truth is, is as Christians, we believe that Jesus is the only way. Say, He's the only way. And then last week, we talked about reality. We talked about Jesus being absolute truth, not a truth among truths, the truth. Everybody say, the truth. And we talked a little bit last week, and I think it's important that you go back and listen to that message a few times. I was going through my notes even again this week, understanding how much artificial intelligence is out there. It makes it very difficult really to define truth. And so many people are determined they want to create their own truth. This, this generation comes up, they say it this way, I want to live my own truth. You ever heard somebody say that? And I'll be honest with you, that's a scary statement to say because you're only 20-something years old. You don't know that much. I love all my millennials and Gen Zs and all the other ones that are below that. I was going to say, man, there's something that can be learned from those that have gone before you. At 47, I'm, I'm not grateful for, 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 for the young people in my life. I'm grateful for the older people in my life. I'm a new dad. I have a two-year-old boy. I, I need some help from the dads that have done it well. There's, there's some truth to be learned from those. But I say this to say there's a lot of people that want to give you opinion and pawn it off as truth, but that's all it is is a bad experience that they've adopted and now they're calling truth. For the church of Jesus Christ, we need to have discernment. Discernment to know what is right and what is wrong. And today I want to talk about Jesus being the life the life of God, the Zoe life. You ready? Turn to your neighbor and say, you ready? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for your people. I'm honored to be able to stand on this, this, this stage and to proclaim your word, your good news, the gospel. Lord, I thank you for each and every person in this house and those watching online. Speak to them about the life that you have set up for them. Lord, personalize this message to them for what may be lacking, Lord, today. Let them know it ain't missing. It's all there. It's all included. Nothing missing, nothing broken. For you are the life. Lord, I ask you to give me boldness as I declare your word. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen, amen. amen. Y'all like TV? Anybody watch TV? We're not religious church. Y'all can... Y'all can love TV and love Jesus at the same time here. I, sometimes I, I get in a, in a habit where I'll, I'll lock into a show and, and, and I'll, I'll binge that show. You know what binge means? It means where you consume more than you should. I, the other night I binged a whole pint of Ben and, Jer- of ben and Jerry's and my wife looked at me cross-eyed like, you can eat that whole thing? And I said, yes, ma'am. Every bit of it. I might lick the inside of it. I might rip the carton open and lick it dry. I, I love Ben and Jerry's ice cream. And sometimes I get hooked into a show and, and it's like, man, you watch one episode and you look at your wife and you're like, oh, that was, oh, oh, oh. You're like, you weren't expecting that? And you're like, you want to watch one more? We'll just watch one more. It's only 9.30. And then it's like four in the morning and you're like, you want to watch one more? The kids are going to be up in two hours. We got to get going. But you're just so into it. And, and I'll be honest with you, I don't take um, TV shows. How do I say it? I don't, I don't take TV shows recommended to me very often. I like this. Yes, someone ever recommended a TV show or a movie to you? And then you went on their recommendation and you're like, that, that wasn't good. I wish I could get those two hours back out of my life. My dad and my brother are that way, by the way. They watch all kinds of movies. So if they tell you a movie's awesome, just take it with a grain of salt. It's average. <laughs> because they consume so many movies and so many shows. It's just, there's not any highs. They're all right here. And, and, and so when someone says, you should watch this show, I'm kind of skeptical. It's like, I don't know if you got good taste or not, you know. 
And a few years ago, uh, someone recommended a show to us, and I immediately like, hey, I, ain't, I ain't watching that. And they were like, what? It's amazing. You're going to love it. Like, you're going to get into it. In fact, you're only, it's only two seasons in, Josh, so you can catch up real quick. You can binge it. And I said, well, what is it? And they said, well, it's a show about zombies. And I was like, yeah, I'm good. I'm, I'm out, you know. And they're like, it's the greatest show ever. And I'm like, well, what's it called? And they said, it's called The Walking Dead. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I, you know, you get your Christian cross up and like, I can't believe you sinners are watching that stuff, you know? You get all religious, like, you're watching shows about zombies, and then you forget about it, and then you start seeing it, people talking about it, and then they talk about it, and they're like, oh, we won't tell it, because we don't want you to, because you're going to watch it at some point, and inside, you told yourself, I ain't watching that nonsense, and then you're bored one night, and the kids are gone, and you're like, honey, want to watch something? And she's like, yeah, let's do some, you know, um, you know rom-com, you know, romantic comedy, that went over somebody's head. Romance, I'm, like, I'm not in the mood. I want something intense. It's not, let's, let's watch the zombie thing. Let's, let's try it. And, and man, it, I mean, it hooked me right away. Like the show starts and there's a police officer in a, in a hospital and he's hooked up to all kinds of IVs and he wakes up. He's, he's obviously been in a coma or some kind of tragic accident. And he starts calling out to people, hey, can I get some help in here? And, and nothing, it's just crickets. And he notices the lights are flickering and Finally, after a little while, he realizes, man, there ain't nobody coming. He's yelling for help. And he finally pulls the IVs out and stumbles out of bed and walks down the hallway. Have y'all seen this? Am I the only one? Don't judge me. And, and, and he walks outside, and the whole world's been turned upside down. And he's freaking out. He can't find anybody, can't talk to me until he sees a guy in the distance who's kind of, you know, you know, and he starts to approach the guy and realizes, you know, this dude ain't all there. Something missing, something broken, and then he realizes, you know, after the, the, the story comes about that, you know, something happened to him, and while he was in the hospital, there was an apocalyptic event, and, and now there's all these zombies walking around. There's all these dead people walking around. They're alive, but they're not really alive, and it's so wild because as I was preparing this message, that's all I could think about. And I'm like, Lord, I'm trying to preach on Sunday. Like, they, they need the, the life of God. And he said, that's the picture I see when I see humanity right now. He says, when I look down, I see a bunch of people just moseying around, lifeless. They're alive, but they haven't come alive. There's not much processing up here, and there's definitely not anything processing down here. They're just moving with the crowd, grunting and going through this existence of life. Many people exist, but they're not alive. Many people have a heart beating in their chest and pumping blood, but there's no life in them. For many, they wander and they clump together with others and they follow each other with no purpose and they have no pleasure, they have no fun, and they have no life. And I want to ask you this, are you living life to the fullest or are you just the living among the dead? For many Christians, they got saved, but they never really accepted or walked in the true life of God. And when you meet them, you wouldn't know that they were saved or not because it's a lot of grunting and, uh, uh, and you ask them a question and, uh, and then you find out where you're going and they're just kind of moving with the crowd wherever they go. And I want to say this to you right here at the beginning. That is not the God kind of life. You are not called to fit in and just go with the flow. You are called to stand out and lead. You are called to thrive and succeed as a child of God. 
I need y'all's help today. John 10.10 says the thief comes only. He's got one agenda, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that they might have. They might have what? They might have. They might have life. And my translation says, have it to the full. You ever had something that uh, uh, we were, I'll give you another example, me and Hunter, if Hunter's been good all week at school and his teacher gives him a good uh, report, you know, for the week of his behavior, I take him to get ice cream on Fridays. That's what good dads do. We reward our kids for good behavior. And by the way, I like ice cream, so it gives me an excuse. I should ask my wife, have I been good all week? Can I have ice cream too? And so I took him to get ice cream the last few times and, and I got the little cone, you know, the little, the little uh, sugar cone. And, and the, fill, the lady fills it up and, you know, it's about that much ice cream. And this week he, he saw the waffle cone. You know, the waffle cone's always bigger. It's like twice the size. You got the little kitty cone and then you got this monster waffle cone. And so she said, I said, you can have the waffle cone. That's good. And he said he wanted the, you know, the swirl, you know, the mixed thing, the soft serve. And, and, and she said, sir, do you want the small or the large? And, and I'm just thinking, it's a, it's a huge waffle cone. She's going to fill it up. I just, well, he'll be fine with the small. And, and she filled the thing to the top. And you know what? He complained. He said, there's still a lot of room. You know, the other cone, they stack it on top. <laughs> like, why would I get the big cone? I said, well, all that ice cream went down in it. He said, no, no, no. I think I got ripped off. I need the big cone. He said, he's, I, he was wanting to tell that lady, fill it up, lady. Like, there's more room in that cone. I ordered the big one. You gave me the little thing. I wonder if that's how we are observing life. Man, we need it to the fullest. Listen to this. That Greek word uh, that's translated life in the scripture in John 10, 10, it means zoe. Everybody say zoe. zoe. It means the God kind of life. It means eternal life. It means the divine life of God. And the truth is, is that word is, is in there because Jesus didn't just come to give us a life, but the life and to the fullest of life. One translation calls it abundant life, which means the best quality of life. I did a little homework this week, did a little theology study, and I found the, the Barclays Daily Bible says it this way. It, it adds on, it says, Jesus claims that men might have life and have it more abundantly. And that phrase abundantly means having it more abundantly, or one translation says superabundance. I don't know about you, but when I hear super added anything, I'm like, I want that. I, I want the supersize my fries at McDonald's. So you want the regular fries? Would you like me to supersize it? Don't even need to ask. Supersize that junk. How about your Coke, sir? Would you like the regular Coke or would you like us to supersize it? I'm like, I wish y'all would just take all the little stuff off the menu and everything just be supersized. Everything in our life, guess what, should be supersized because you're an heir to the throne. He's come to give you life and life more abundantly, which means you have more than you can handle. And sometimes I like to get the 20-piece McNugget. Uh, I, I didn't do this in the first time, but I started thinking about McDonald's right now. I, I like the nuggets at McDonald's. I, I grew up on those as a kid. How many of you grew up on chicken McNuggets as a kid? Because your parents went through, it's all right, We survived. And what I've learned is I love Chicken McNuggets more now at 47 than I did at 7. And I ain't got to settle for a 6 cow. I'm like, I'll take that 20 joker. Bring that thing in. And my kid's like, we want to eat. Can we have some? I said, like, get your own nuggets. Dad's supersized. Super abundance. And to be a follower of Jesus is to know that he is 
what he means. He is the super abundant life. When we try to live our lives on our own, life becomes dull, dispirited. When we walk with Jesus, life comes with a new vitality and a superabundance of life. And it's only when we live with Christ, in Christ, that we find life really becomes worth living. And we begin to live in the sense of the word superabundance. 2005, I moved to Shreveport, Louisiana, and I was hired to be a youth pastor at this growing church, and, and the student ministry was growing, and one day, as this young man came up, he wasn't a student, he was college age-ish, 20s, and he said, hey man, I want to come to church, but they told me I'm too old. I said, well, you can go to church, it's in there, and he said, no, I want to be with the young people. I said, but you ain't young. That's what happened when I came here. I started, we started YNG and we put 18 to 30 on the, on the age requirement. And everybody 30 and a half came and gave me junk about the age requirement. What are y'all kicking us out? No, it's just for, it's just for students. And so I told you, I said, you know what? If you're that hungry, just come. And I won't say anything. I'll tell the youth leaders, just sit in the back. Just sit back there and, and, and observe. And he came that next week, and I saw him at the door. His name was Steve. And I said, hey, man, glad you came tonight. How you doing? And he said, same old, same old. And I was like, oh, man, you're in the right place tonight at the right time with the right people doing the right thing. You know, I turn on my spokesperson voice, you know, like, come on, it's going to be great. And the next week he came and I saw him coming up. I'm like, dude, Steve, you're at church again. How you doing tonight? Like trying to invoke some energy. He responded, same old, same old, man. And I was like, that sucks. That's not, that's not the way to live. And three weeks in, I saw him. He came and sat in the back. I said, you made it again. You're still coming. We haven't warned you. He said, I'm here, man. You know, it's just the same week, same stuff, same junk. And in week four, I was given the altar call at that service, and I was asking for people that want the more than the left life, the, those that need super abundance, and the, those that need joy, those that need peace, those that need vitality, those that need direction and purpose. And guess whose hand went up? My friend Steve can too. His hand went up in the back and I was like so pumped. And when he came down, I prayed with him and the other students and I saw him that week and he said to me, he said, man, something happened to me. I said, yes, sir, it did. I said, you got saved. He said, I know, but it's like, it's like, man, I'm like reborn. I said, yeah, we call that born again. He hadn't been churched. He didn't know anything. I said, it's like you're born again. He said, that's exactly right. Like, I feel like I got a brand new life. And he's like, it's like I have energy for days now. Like, I'm, I'm excited. I wake up in the morning. I got joy and peace. And he's like, I got, I got all kinds of stuff happening. Like, man, who would have known? And I said, it's because you've accepted the God kind of life. You've accepted the Zoe. Let me tell you this, life was not meant to be the same old, same old, same old, day in, day out, back to the grind, back to the nine to five, back to the Monday through Friday. That's not God's plan for your life. You should have a job. Before you call me a heretic, you should go get a job and you should work 40 minimum hours a week. You should put your hand to something. But I'll tell you this, when you show up at that job with the life of God in you, it says that everything you put your hand to, it's going to prosper. Everything that I do in my effort connected to him, guess what? He puts his superabundance on it. And I want to say this to somebody, you're frustrated in life. Tap into the superabundance and watch what God does in your life. He'll bring an energy, a strength, and a vitality that you've only dreamed about. That is the life of God. Jesus said, I am the way. 
What he was saying is, dude, I am the direction. I am the truth. And I'm the life you've been looking for. Every one of us knows somebody outside these doors that doesn't know Jesus, that doesn't know the Lord, and they just live their ordinary life. I want to say this to you. You're not called to be ordinary. You're not called to just go through life. This word abundant in the Greek, it's, it's parasosis, and it means above common, super abundant in quality, quantity, superior in quality. Listen, to this. it means beyond measure and that which goes beyond necessity. You know, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer that I want everything God has for me, but not everybody does. You ever start to succeed and God show up in your life and all of a sudden all it does is draw criticism? You know, that, I'll be honest with you, that's what the abundant life does. It makes no sense if people say, well, what, why are you so special? Why did you get that? And, and our response should be to glorify God. Hey, you know me, man. It ain't me. It's all him. I'm just connected to him. And when I tap into him, that's super abundance. I'm sorry. It just flows out on me. There's actually nothing I could do about it. It's automatic for me. And here's the thing, when, when, when we begin to speak that way and live that way, and, and that becomes our testimony, people want that. They want that. You know, one of the things that's known about our church here is that, that this is a generous church. I said that people know us in the community and actually around the world. They know, they know you. They don't know your name or your face, but they know International Family Church. Oh, that's that generous church. I was at the retreat center with those pastors a few weeks ago, and one of the guys said that he's a big, big pastor. He said, you know, I, I, I don't know you, but I do know about you. And I said, what do you know about us? He said, I, I know that you guys are generous. And I thought, oh, man, that's, that speaks to who Jesus is. If that's all people know, that we're generous because we have more than enough, that right there will preach the gospel for people because there's a lot of people that don't have enough. And when God pours out more than enough for you and your family and it becomes like it's more than necessity, now you know what to do with it. What would I do with all that? I'd just give it away. I want to get to the place where I'm overabundant in every area of my life and to where I meet a need. Hey, you guys got a need? I got you covered. Actually, Jesus had you covered. He gave it to me, and I'm just blessing you with it. What kind of life would that live? When we live out of total superabundance everywhere we go, I think people would want to know who that Jesus is. The life that God for, intends for us, listen, this is not a common life. Stop settling for normal. The life that God intends for you and for me is more than you can handle. It's beyond what you can imagine and will never compare with any natural blessing. It's beyond what you need. I think about this. I'll say this one more time. It's, it's more than you can handle. The windows of heaven poured out upon you and a blessing that you wouldn't have room to. It sounds like the Zoe kind of life. Beyond what you can imagine. And it'll never compare with any natural blessing. A lot of times when we talk about abundance, your mind or my mind goes immediately to money, right? I don't know about you, that's where my mind, I just naturally mind it. Oh, well, that means more money. That means a bigger house. It means a, a nicer car. It means a promotion on the job. And I want to tell you, all those are part of the package, but they're not the package. He's the package. You, you, you know, it's like you, you buy the steak knives and then they're like, oh yeah, and we're going to give you this. 
And if you order now, the next 20 minutes, we're going to give you this. Those are all just bonuses. But the thing was, there was this thing that was the most important. And I want to tell you this. Don't get consumed on the Zoe life and connect it only to stuff because you're going to be robbed of the eternal things that only God can do supernaturally. You can go get a great job and a great education and make six figures if that's what you want to do. But I want to tell you this. God wants to provide for you in other areas that you couldn't provide for yourself. Let him be the more than enough, the things that you can't do, the things that you're not equipped to do, the things that you've not been created. Guess what? All of a sudden, he brings his, attaches it to yours, and you're like, where'd all this show up? That's the more than enough. That's the super abundance. So let's talk about it for a few minutes. I want to talk about the Zoe life and, and some qualities. What is a quality? How could you tell if somebody has the Zoe life or maybe somebody's stuck, maybe they are the walking dead and they want God's life? What would it look like when I get it? The first quality is it's a new life. He actually gives you a new life. And I've met people that have gone through tragedy and they'll say, hey, you know what? I'm just going to turn over a new leaf. You ever heard that? Hey, that chapter's over. I'm going to start a new chapter. Listen, with God, he ain't starting a new leaf. He's not taking a, a, a chapter and pulling it out or putting it in. He's creating something brand spanking new from the seed form all the way up. That's what he does for us. You can go to AA and get off drinking. God can deliver you in a moment's time. Listen, you can go from being a sinner in the world, chasing the things of this world, and in a moment's time, guess what? That life is over, and that man is dead, and now you're a brand new creation in Christ, walking forward into all that he has. Listen to this. 2 Corinthians 5.17 talks about the Zoe new life. He says, if any man... Any man, everybody say any. Any man be in Christ, any woman in Christ, any child in Christ. He or she is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. This Zoe life, it doesn't just give you a fresh start. It gives you a day one. It starts you over. I just saw Zoe over here and got excited over here. It gives you a brand new fresh start from the very beginning as if your old life never existed. Some of us have walked away from our past and we continually try to walk away from it. I did this for years. I just need to get away from those people and those habits and those temptations and those things. And I try to walk away. But guess what? They were following behind me. When I find the life of Christ, he actually puts a separator and cuts that stuff off and says, that is no longer your identity. You are now a brand new son of God. It gives us a new life. The second thing it does is the Zoe life connects you to the source. Everybody wants to be connected to God in some capacity. And when you receive the Zoe, guess what? You get straight connection to God the Father. I love all of our Catholic brothers and sisters, but there's a misconception about what happened when Jesus actually was risen from the dead. You don't have to go to a priest to confess your sins anymore. You can go straight to God the Father. You have direct access to Him. Should you tell somebody? Absolutely. But you don't have to. You can go right to Him. We sang about it today. The veil was torn. The separator between God and man. Guess what? You now have direct access to the Father because you're actually connected to Him. You're connected to him. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're connected. John 15, he says, I am the vine. You are the branches. When you're joined with me and I with you, 
The relation is intimate and organic. The harvest is sure to be, here it is again, abundant. Everybody say abundant. abundant. For separated, you can't produce a thing. I've been, I've been preaching and talking and writing and praying about the favor of God for the last five or six years in my life because there's something that happened to me uh, seven, eight years ago when we reconnected at another level and recommitted our relationship with, to the Lord when we moved here. I said, Lord, I want to be more connected than I was in the last season. And I made a fresh connection to him being the vine. And I said, I want to be one of your branches. Use me to produce fruit. And there's many people that can create some fruit on their own. But guess what? It's, it's not eternal. It's not everlasting. Man-made fruit is like fruit you buy at the store. You can put it on the shelf, but it has a time of life on it. You ever buy bananas and you think all the kids are going to eat them? And a week later, there's a bunch of brown bananas. I don't know if you knew this, but you can put them in the freezer and make banana bread later. Just FYI, that's your own thing. But I always think, man, we wasted this money. We bought this stuff and produced this fruit, and it's going to die. So we have to throw it away. It's starting to get gnats in the house. Guess what? Any fruit that's connected to God's vine, it's eternal. It lasts forever. And some of you have been asking, like, Lord, I need to produce more. I want to do more for you. Let me ask you, how connected are you to the vine? How submitted are you as a branch willing to say, Lord, you want to do something in me? You want to do something through me? Produce your God life fruit. Here's the truth. The Bible says that they'll know you by your, who will know you? Who's he talking about? The world. Man's way of doing things. Man's system. Man's philosophy. They'll look at you and say, wait a second. There's something different about that Julie girl. There's a fruit in that girl. What's different about Julie? She's connected to the source and it's producing fruit in her life. When people start asking you, what's going on? What's up? What's up with you? Huh? Whoa. They start making all kinds of noise. They can't figure stuff out, and they want an explanation. It's so simple just to say, hey, you know me. I'm a simple person, but I serve an uncommon God, and I've connected to the source, to the source, and now it's producing fruit that I can't stop. The Zoe life produces fruit. It also frees you from the power of sin. What does the God kind of life look like? It separates and, and pulls sin off of you. It cuts that past out. Romans 6, 12 says, that means you must not give sin a vote in the way you conduct your lives. Don't give it the time of day. Don't even run little errands that are connected with that old way of life. Throw yourself wholeheartedly and full time. Remember, you've been raised from the dead into God's way of doing things. I love this. Sin can't tell you how to live any longer. After all, you're not living under that old tyranny any longer. You're living under the freedom of God. Listen, when you accept Christ in your life, the Zoe life, you find yourself in him, you connect yourself to God the Father, sin will try to hunt you down, but now you have the ability, the authority, and the power to say no to things you couldn't say in your old life. For so many people, they got saved, but they've not tapped in to the Zoe life, and they're still entangled with all those things. And I watch people, they get caught up in what used to catch them up even after they've been saved because they haven't recognized, man, there's a connection to God that frees me from sin. I'm going to say this to you. Hear me say it. The power of God, it frees you from sin. Does it mean sin will stop chasing you? No, it's, it's going to try to chase you down, but you're free from it. 
You're free from it. Hundred, hundred, um, grabbed something the other day, a rope or something in the backyard. Actually, it was an extension cord, and he was tying it to his brother's leg. And he was trying to pull him and walk him like a dog. And I see Cash, my two-year-old, on the ground, and Hunter's yelling, yep, 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 yep. Come on, let me hear you bark. And he's dragging him around the yards. And then there came a point where it wasn't funny anymore. And Cash said, hey, Daddy, Daddy, my leg, my leg, my leg. And I was like, what's wrong with your leg? Bubba, Bubba tied me. Bubba tied me up. That's what he said, I'll be free. I'll be free. I said, I'll get you free. I walked up and smacked Hunter. And I took, I just kidding. I, I didn't smack any kids. I'm just being funny. I might have thought about it. And I untied him. And I said, don't you tie your brother up like this. He said, he's my pet. And I said, he don't want to be your pet. He wants to be free. We all want freedom in our life. We all want freedom from the bondages of the pain and hurt of the past and sins of omission, sins of commission, things you didn't do, things you shouldn't have done. We all want freedom that's found and received in the life of Christ, the Zoe life. A couple more, the Zoe life makes you more than a conqueror. Romans 8, 37. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Many years ago, as a young man, I heard a Creflo Dollar preach on more than a conqueror. And I'd watched Creflo at these big conferences, and I'd, I'd, we'd been to these things. And at this time, he was at my dad's church. It was a church smaller than this. And I'm sitting in front of him, and there's Creflo Dollar on the stage. I was like, I've arrived. Like, this is amazing. The man of God's here. And I'll never forget the message he talked because he preached on being more than a conqueror. And he illustrated this way. He said, um, Oh, I know it was intriguing because at that time, um, he had become great friends with Evander Holyfield, and Evander Holyfield was the heavyweight champion at that time. And I was so impressed because he had on Evander Holyfield's ring. Like, it was massive. Like, it's so big that your fingers get pushed to the side. You're like a Super Bowl, like a Patriots ring. And I said to him, I said, can I, can I see the ring? And he said, yes, sir, young man. And he took that ring off, and the hole in that ring was like that big. Like I probably could have worn it as a bracelet, you know. And I was holding that ring. And then he started telling the story about heavyweight fighters. And he related it to this scripture. And he said this. He said, a man trains for nine months to get in a ring to battle it out mano a mano. That one of them comes out the victor. And he said, Evander trained and trained and trained and got ready for this big fight. I can't remember who he was fighting. Maybe it was Lennox Lewis at the time. And they trained and trained and trained. They cut weight. They push weights. They eat healthy. Man, it's, it's like a full-time job for nine months. Getting ready for that fight. He gets in the ring. And they go 12 rounds, battle after battle after battle after battle. Man, blood and snot and everything. Just the whole works at the end. They declared him the champion. They said, you are the victorious one. You're the conqueror. All of us cheer. He's the conqueror. Yeah, he's the man. And he goes to the locker room that night and takes a shower and gets on an airplane and flies back to Atlanta to his wife the next morning and opens up the door and she said, baby, you did it. And he said, I did it. I'm a conqueror. He said, I brought you something. He pulls out the check that he won and he hands her the check. And in that moment, she becomes more than a conqueror. That's what Jesus did for you and I. 
He already did all the training. He already did all the hard work. He already put up with temptation. He already suffered. He already walked through the wilderness. He already hung on a cross. He died for you and me. He went to hell. He snatched the keys of life and gives them back to us and says, hey, I'm victorious, but you're more than a conqueror. You don't even have to fight. Stop working so hard. The battle's already been won. Just wear that belt around, man. Let them know I'm part of the... Somebody needs to hear that today. You're fighting so hard. You already have the victory. It came with your relationship with Jesus. You found yourself victorious in the relationship with Christ. The Zoe life also gives you God's abilities. Two more. Gives you God's abilities. Philippians 4.13 says, I have strength for all things in Christ. There it is again. When I'm connected to him, I have strength for all things. He empowers me. And I'm ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength to me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. Some of us, we, we're down on ourselves because we don't think we have the ability to do things. I didn't go to college and get that degree like they did. I didn't grow up with a silver spoon in my mouth like they did. And we compare ourselves based on what somebody else did, what somebody else had versus what we had, what we didn't have. And we base success off that. And that's what the world wants actually to do to you. Because in that way, they want you to say, you're not actually common, you're below common. There's other people that are greater than you. And in the scripture, Christ is telling us, in him, I have all abilities. I have all abilities. Doesn't have anything to do with my education. Doesn't have anything to do with my paycheck. Doesn't have anything to do with where I grew up how big my house is, what kind of car I have or what kind of car I don't have. It has zero connection to your abilities. When you receive a relationship with Christ, you inherited His abilities. I mean this in the nicest way, so don't don't get mad at me, but here's the thing. If you're smart enough, you'll do it God's way and save yourself time and money than just going man's way. Because men will tell you, you got to do this, go to school here, study this, you got to get these grades, then you'll be accepted and all that. And, and if that's what you're supposed to do, do it. Go for it. God bless you. But that's not everybody's path. You know what God's plan is? That you would be connected to him and when you needed something, he would tell you how to get it. And when you needed that knowledge that you don't think you have, he'll impart it to you in a moment. And when you need that door open, it won't be about a resume. It'll be about him going before you and moving on the hearts of those people to open that door for you. When you receive the Zoe life, you receive abilities beyond your capacity. Beyond your capacity. When your kids are struggling in school and the teachers are trying to tell you, hey, I think there may be something wrong. You might want to get them checked out. What? This kid's got the life of God in him. You're crazy. You're crazy. Guess what? He's got supernatural ability beyond your education, bonehead. Don't let somebody, I'm saying this to somebody, I'm talking to a parent, don't let somebody else put something on your kids. Don't receive it. My kid has supernatural ability. He's going to thrive in his generation. He's going to succeed every expectation. He will fulfill the plan of God for his life, even if it may not be according to what you thought he should do takes the simple things to confound the wise. Be careful 
that you don't live a life or put your kids through a life where it's all about their abilities. You're shortchanging yourself and you're shortchanging your heritage. I'm believing for me in this season that there's abilities that come to me to pastor supernaturally that I didn't get in Bible school. I'm believing for wisdom and direction beyond my capacity because I'm in Him. And I'll tell you, when you realize this and you claim it and you call it in, it shows up in a moment where before you'd be in a fear because you'd be like, I don't belong in this room. I don't know how, how, how. And you start backing out. And so the Holy Spirit rises up and says, I open that door, take a seat. And when you open your mouth, I'm going to give you the words. I wouldn't know what to say. You don't have to. He's going to put those words in your mouth. Last one is, the Zoe life causes us to live a life of victory. 2 Corinthians 2.14 said, In the Messiah, I say in Him, in Christ, it says that God leads us from place to place, one perpetual victory parade. I love that. You ever been to a victory parade? We grew up in Mobile where there was Mardi Gras and they throw out moon pies and cups and beads and there's bands and music. It's a blast. It's just a party on the street. And I remember like standing here with my friends and we're waiting to get all the stuff they're going to throw off and then we'd, they're going to go around the corner and we'd run around the corner and we'd get a lot over there and they'd throw stuff and then we'd run back around the block and we'd get over here and we'd come. I mean, I look like I got a Mr. T starter set on before I left. Beads just hanging off. Be like, where'd you get all those beads? I was like, man, I just kept chasing the parade. That's the life of the believer. Everywhere you go, you're walking victorious, people cheering you on. Hey, hey, oh my gosh, look what's going on. Look at who you are. Look at what God's doing. Your life becomes a testimony of the victory that you found in him. 1 John 5 says, every God-born person conquers the world's way. Power right there. The conquering power that brings the world to its knees is our faith. The person who wins out over the world's way is simply the one who believes Jesus is the Son of God. No matter what's happened to you or what's happening to you, remind yourself you're more than a conqueror and victory belongs to you. I don't feel like, again, I'm done with all the feelings. You're not moved by your feelings. Don't live by your feelings. I don't feel victorious. Who asked you? Ask him. Ask him. So stop asking the wrong people. Well, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? Ask him. He calls you victorious. Everywhere you go, guess what? You're on assignment to bring victory to somebody else. I don't feel victorious. Start speaking it. I'm, I'm huge on, on speaking what you believe. And if you don't talk to yourself, you're crazy. We need to flip this upside down. Oh, people that talk to themselves, they're kind of cuckoo. No, no, you're nuts if you don't talk to yourself. Because I'm going to tell you this, your mind is talking to you. Your flesh is talking to you. Society in the world's way, it's talking to you all the time. So why not say what he's saying and let your words create the future you desire? Maybe you didn't win in the last season. That doesn't mean this season you won't win. I'm victorious. Everywhere I go, I win. All I do is win. Maybe we should write a song about that. All I do is win. Stand up with me. Let me finish this. I want to close this out differently today. I hope you received something out of this series. But I started the series with three things that I believe all of humanity is looking for. Number one, we're all looking for direction. 
We're all looking for reality. We want the truth. We're sick of fake. We want authenticity. And every one of us wants something that will last forever. We want eternal life. I just want to say this to you and declare this to you. As boldly as I can, Jesus is the only way. You can try your way. You can try their way. It all points back to its destruction at the end. Jesus is the only way. Number two, he's the only truth. Someone said, well, he's a truth among truths. No, 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 dude. He he ain't a truth among truths. He is the epitome of absolute truth. And lastly, God has a life for you that's bigger and broader and deeper and more expansive than your mind is even physically able to comprehend, excuse me, because it's supernatural. I said it's supernatural, it's not natural. When you dream at night and when you get with your spouse and you guys write down your dreams and your goals, that's natural things working and you put it on paper and you hold each other accountable to it so you can succeed. I'm going to tell you this, it's beyond what your mind would even allow you to understand. It's only something that a heart of faith could receive. Stop settling with your imagination and start asking him for the Ephesians 3.20, the exceedingly abundantly more than you could ever ask, hope, dream, or imagine. That's the life that he intended for you. You're not normal. You're not common people. Don't settle for anything other than the super abundant Zoe kind of life. Ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. I've asked the worship team to close the series out today with a song we're going to sing. I'll be honest, I don't care if you sing the songs, but I would ask you to talk to the boss. I would ask you to take a moment and talk to Jesus. If you're lost, ask him to be the way in your life. If you need direction, you need clarity, you need wisdom, make him the way in your life. If, if you need truth, if you're confused, you've been believing lies, Ask him this week as you open his word. Lord, as I open your word, reveal the truth to me. And lastly, if you don't know Jesus, you don't have eternal life. The Bible says that we choose him, and when we choose him, we choose the life, which guarantees us eternity with him in heaven. Maybe you're here and you've never accepted him. Call out to him during the song and say, Jesus, I need you in my life. Lord, I pray for your family, for your church, for your people pray that we take this word, not just hear it, but we be doers of the word. Lord, this week we put a call to action together to let you lead us, to let you guide us, to enlighten us in your truth so we can have eternal life with you. Let's sing together.